Hi. Hello. Welcome back to Off the Page with Paige and the other one. <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? Do I? Yes, you've said it now the last two episodes. I don't think that's correct. Mm. Wait, that yeah, it is. I trust me, I edited these ones, so I trust know things. Me. Trust me. Famous last words. It's my mouth, and I know everything that comes out of it. <laughs> Always. Doubtful. Um, so fact no. check fact check us, and whoever's correct. Gets a lollipop. Leave a comment. <laughs> uh, sorry we took a little breaky there. Indeed. We are semi-back. We are. So I we have experiencing some health issues and she basically uh keeps this shit together so um yeah that's really all that so yeah that's why we i mean i was still reading if anybody wanted to know (laughs) but i just couldn't uh i don't know we couldn't well you couldn't sit upright that was one problem glad to see you're still in your chair she's reclining she's moved to a rocking chair i need everybody to know we have one of those chairs from ikea and she's just uh chilling now and she's got you might say that i'm rocking it you might, yes, you could say that. But you wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Okay, that's no, fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah, that's so silly. So we're back. Uh, I thought today it's going to be a little bit of a different episode in that I feel like lately we've had just gobs of people on. And it's like, geez, is this even our show anymore? No, Everyone wants to be on when it's a world-class podcast <laughs> like we are running here. Ah, uh, yes. So today... I thought we would talk about this book I read while you were really invaliding it up. I was still valid. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, to piggyback off of what Paige was saying, guests, we have a bunch of new excite- and exciting as well as fan favorites returning in the coming weeks. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. But we have a great lineup this week. It's back to the OGs. Yeah, you know, we just, sometimes you gotta have it. Uh, so this week I read a book called The 10,000 Doors of January by Alex E. Harrow. And I think this was on uh, the book haul, yeah? I believe so. I probably should have fact-checked myself. Well, um, you heard it here first. Maybe? No. I don't know. Maybe I bought it later. I really don't know. Um, I liked her Once in Future Witches book, and so... I wanted to read this one because someone said this was one is even better than the other one. And I wouldn't say that that's true. They're kind of, they're magical realism. Do you know what that category means? Isn't that what the the thesis, the thesis that uh, Martin Luther <laughs> nailed to, to the, the door? door? No, that's called the 95 thesis. <laughs> yeah, somewhere around it. And those other five, are they really that important? Who can know? No. Um, magical realism does kind of sound like a version of transubstantiation from the church. Leave a comment if you know what transubstanti- transubstantiation means. A magical realism realism is like it is a, most of the time they're set in contemporary spaces, but it can be a, a book with characters that live in the actual natural world like we, like we do, but it has either a character has some sort of mystical element or the book brings about some sort of mystical element. So it's kind of like first kill. Sure. That's my new scale. Sure. That also, First Kill also has more camp than anything I've seen well, since we Buffy. Well, we like campy. We like campy. This isn't so much that. Okay. This is actually like 
I think an earnest plea to pay attention to things. Cause you just, what I think the treatise of this is this could happen if you pay attention enough. Okay. If that makes sense. First kill. I know that's not going to happen and they know it's not going to happen, but it's still fun. Nonetheless. What about season two? Is that going to happen? Oh, geez. No idea. It ain't looking good. No, we just have heard nothing. So, but everybody, the, the cast is going to Comic-Con and Clexicon. Do you know what Clexicon is? Obviously. Okay. Good. Phew. Oh, it's like I knew all about the hundred fandom. So the one hundred, the hundred. I said what I said. Okay, I think it's the hundred. Yeah, it is. Yeah, sure. I didn't watch it, so what do I know? Well, then I have no leg to stand on. I obviously know more about Clexicon than you do, genius. Okay, okay, baby. Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and read you the summary that's given. Okay. And if I defer from that, we'll know that I'm wrong. Okay? Okay. It says, as the ward of the wealthy Mr. Locke January scholar feels a little different from the artifacts that decorate his sprawling mansion, carefully maintained, largely ignored, and utterly out of place. But when she finds a strange book, one that tells a tale of a secret door of love, adventure, and danger, for the first time, January realizes she can escape her story and sneak into someone else's. Do you see what I mean by magical realism? Very much. It kind of is giving me Golden Compass vibes. It has that vibe, for sure. Okay. For sure. It's been a long time since I read The Golden Compass, but it's set in the early 1900s, and her person, Mr. Locke, is a part of this um, like cooperation of people that hunt down Matt. It actually gave me... Um, did you ever read about uh, those rich people in Britain and like Victoria and England, London, and they would like go to Troy and basically destroyed part of Troy because he was wealthy and he wanted to and he didn't know actually how to be an archaeologist and he like accidentally destroyed part of it. So no one can actually track if that was Troy or if it was something else or. Oh, no. It it smells of rich people doing fucked up shit because they have money and they want to. This is like that painting that that person tried to restore and didn't know how, the painting of Jesus, and (laughs) it looks some type of way. I didn't know about that story until we sat down with uh, your friends and I was, you were showing me the pictures and I was legit shocked. Yeah, that, it's that it's, someone got away with that. I mean, I, I guess they didn't they get away did. with it. But. They're now an internet meme, and we will put that on the Instagram. Also, yeah, that's something else. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I've been uh, trying to post more stories. Um, I'm going to be honest, though, friends. Sometimes when I read, I'm looking really rough. And I don't mean that in a like, oh, she's so funny and sweet. I'm sure she looks fine. I mean, no, I genuinely haven't showered in five days because it's summer. My you hair is a wreck. Great. I'm, yeah. So sometimes I'm reading something and it's very exciting and I want to tell you right away. And that would be a good platform to do it. But I am looking some type of way. <laughs> and my vanity is basically getting in the way. And that type of way is beautiful. Great. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously not ashamed enough to, <laughs> to uh, live with people and look that way. So it's not that bad. I just don't need the wider world to um, know about it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Okay. Anyway, I loved this book. I really like this author. I think she describes things in a way that is um, my fir- my perfect type of writing because it's it elaborates just enough that you feel like you're there, but it doesn't elaborate too much that you, the reader feel talked down to or over explained or, or have it over yeah because a lot can, or a lot can be said in simple sentences it's like yeah. that's um that eb strunk and white book that every college makes kids read 
to make them better writers and it make you you take out all of the unnecessary words university of memphis i don't think i read that you book. didn't read that book oh man kings shoved that down my throat i had to read it twice because i failed college writing three times it's great it's a good story if anybody ever wants to talk about their freshman year hit me up oh yeah the only class i ever failed was elementary calculus where i <clears throat> had the distinct honor of getting a four on an exam oh four out of how much? 100. No. The 100. <laughs> oh, no. I like, had the flu, I and it was like one of those. Did where... you have to fill out a Scantron? You loved Scantrons. Uh, the first Scantron I filled out in college, I filled out in pen, and the, the <laughs> guy yelled like... at me. He was like, never do this again. But I was homeschooled, and like, I didn't. Oh, remember. I was homeschooled, and no one told me. I know, I know. Yeah. Tragedy. Don't blame the victim here. Sounds like anyway, he didn't do his job as a professor. Well, cal- with calculus, like, it was one of those classes where they wouldn't even throw you a bone. It was, like, cumulative. So Ugh. if you got twisted up in the first, like, quarter of the class, you were doomed for the rest of the class. Yikes. And... I would not have survived. I got twisted up. And How did you survive? I, I didn't. I got a four. I should have dropped the class. I didn't know that that was a thing. I thought you could just like toughed it out and just did your best. I went to every single class. I took the final even though I knew I wasn't going to pass. That was a hard semester. I was living on campus and had to move out mid semester because my roommate was stealing money from me. What? Girl. You never told me this. I thought I had. What the heck? Yes. I was living in a dorm. First time living away from home. And I was waiting tables. One is this the, when you worked at Chili's? It is. Hi, yes. welcome to Chili's. <laughs> One of the worst jobs I've ever had. Uh, but Chili's, we love you. Those triple dippers, they'll always have my heart. But yeah, I was waiting tables, so I had a bunch of cash on hand and being very trusting like I am. I just had this like bin that I would throw it in. and That sounds safe. Yeah. And I was like, I'd worked a weekend and I was like I should have like $200 cash and I think I had like a 20 <gasps> and I was like something ain't right and yeah so it was like this whole thing oh where gosh, did she give them the money back no no so what I did was I went to the RA and the RA was like okay you need to go to the campus police and I, I know this may be hard for you didn't do it no I did oh for everyone to you know imagine but the police didn't help you no they did they actually were super helpful um wow this is taking a lot of twists and turns that i wasn't anticipating yeah i know no so anyway i went to the campus police i talked to the officer looking back this is kind of a bit like there were some red flags that i should have known what was ultimately going to happen uh like at the beginning because the officer like was overly invested and friendly for someone who was, you know, a pe- like a petty theft, like ultimately, mm-hmm. like, so anyway, he would like come by and like ask me how I was doing. And then he asked me if I had a boyfriend Ew. and like tried to set me up with his son, quote unquote. What? But anyway, what? 
So what he did was he was like, we have this powder that we can put on some do- some bills that'll show up under a black light. What? So sh- he gave me two $20 bills and he was like, when these go missing, we'll put our hands under a black light. <laughs> and if they like show up, then She'll- she touched the money. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah. If you wash your hands... No, it was supposed to be like stay on there for like days. I don't know. What? I don't even know if this is like a valid thing. It's like, you know, like banks have yeah. those like die packs. Sure. But those would show up. I don't know. Anyway, it, it, it's going to sound more Talk made about up. about magical we, realism. <laughs> I know. No joke. But anyway, so he gave me these two 20s. I've had one in my wallet it, or like somewhere. And I ended up going home for the weekend and stayed at my family's house came back that 20 was gone called them they were like you've been gone for a few days let's just put the other one out let's see what happens so put the other one out came home from class one day my my roommate had like five people over it was gone so i run across campus in the rain and i'm like help help police um (laughs) and he like we get in his squad car and he drives me back across campus like oh I'm gosh. in the squad car rolling up and makes this big scene walking into the bottom of my dorm and is like looking. He pulls my roommate and like five of her friends out of class. None of the hands showed the die. So <sighs> he was like, I'm sorry. There's like nothing that can be done. Like a huge scene was made. So obviously I'm like. I gotta go. Super embarrassed. So I moved out, moved in with my grandparents. Question. Yeah. Did you have to pay to live on campus the rest of that semester, even though you weren't? Yep. Ugh. College is the worst. dollars down. Drain. College is a scam, y'all. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. Please go to college. It's good for you if you know what you want to do. Maybe go to community college and like yeah. get those gen eds and, you know, for free or whatever. Anyway, so... All of that happened. It was a huge scene, um, super embarrassing, very like depressing time in my life. Anyway, a couple months later, the cop calls me. He's like, just checking in. Also, I just wanted to let you know there was something wrong with that powder and it never actually worked. Wonderful. Yeah. So that's my story of chilies and <laughs> I adjacent. Why didn't he just tell you to buy a different dish? To leave your change, to leave your money. Uh, I feel like there are other solutions. Yeah, I'm sure there were, but I couldn't live with her if she was oh, like. I know, thieving. totally. I get that because, no. like, in the middle of all of that, like, I went to dinner with my family and my sweet mom. Like, oh. she could tell I was like having a hard time, and she's like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "She's you know, having doing this." this. You know, well, that was the first time I told her because, like, I was like, I think my roommate's stealing money from me and, like, all of this stuff. I'm, like, trying to move out and, like, be on my own and, like, be like, you know, I can do this because my mom was, like, save money and live at home, which was probably the wise thing to do. But, you know, I'm 19. I'm not going to do that. And so I'm, like, super upset I don't have money to buy groceries. My family is not very affluent at all. My mom like never spent money on herself. Hmm. 
After dinner, she took me to the grocery store, Aldi's. Shout out. Love Aldi's. Uh, let me get all of the snacks wheats <laughs> and butter it's not and all of the Aldi brand things and gave me like 10 bucks. Oh. Just for spending money. And I had that in my wallet and I went to shower and I she came took back. It. Yep. She took oh, it. So my gosh. I bought this like lock box, but I was like, because it was one of those dorms where the shower's down the hall. Yeah. So, this is why I would never have survived in a dorm. I mean, I barely survived my freshman year of college the I way think, that I had to do it. But I think dorms can be great. It's very dependent on your roommate. Um, I mean, I've never, I'm being completely 100% honest. Other than my sister, I have never met someone who liked their college roommates when they lived in a dorm uh, scenario like that. I, I mean, I've so never- much so that my best friend went to the college and was like, I must get a single and like re- and like demanded to have a single. Actually, you know what, Megan, you got to come back and tell me if that's true. I just remember yeah. her living alone for most of college because yeah. she was like, I ain't fucking with this. Well, yeah, it's like... Because I think she had one and they're bad very experience. Exper- uh, they're very expensive. I think it depends yeah. a lot on like personality. I know some people who had great experiences, some people who had horrible experiences. I mean, mine was fine. You have to be very extroverted, which I'm not. So no. I was like super lo- lonely and like you know my roommate's stealing money and i'm yeah, like yeah that no. sounds but um yeah so do you know whatever happened to her no that that bitch had the audacity to remain friends with me on facebook she's one of two people i've ever deleted well <laughs> that's not true three people i've ever deleted did you ever think of deleting more people before you deleted your facebook <sighs> you know that just seems like too logical of a solution but <laughs> i don't know why at the time you were doing that i didn't think to ask like well, who's on here you know who can you get rid of because there's a lot of people i just combed through yeah, in one weekend the problem is is like then they like show up on your recommended page and it's like oh that's my relative and it's <laughs> like family dinners get like real awkward so. well you don't have to block them necessarily you just don't have to be your, their friend oh no i would block them so they wouldn't know yeah, that i was okay. still out on the interwebs well interesting okay and none of that was recorded no i'm just kidding no it's all recorded i don't know how we got on that topic we were talking about chilies and yeah just chilies no and that's no hard times Oh, no, we were talking about people stealing stuff from, like, archaeological dig sites. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, so going back to the 10,000 doors She destroyed my Troy. That's she- all I can say. <laughs> sure. Uh, so January is kind of a ward of this uh, scary, intense man. and Daddy Warbucks? Uh, you could say. A daddy warbucks type so it's set in the, about 1911 and when she gets her hands her dad is still alive <laughs> hold on i love how you know you said it's set in about 1911 like you didn't round down to like 1910 well like I, I do approximately 1911 i think it covers multiple years oh okay okay that's okay. why i was like i don't actually remember but the author said that a lot of the books she read growing up were about she read a bunch of those portal fantas- pa- portal fantasies. Have you ever read those? You know, where you have like to walk through something and you go to a magical land. Yeah, like Narnia. Yeah, that's basically this book. Oh, oh, OK. So January uh, scholar, um, her dad is alive. Her mom 
is not. Her dad is alive and basically runs these missions for Mr. Locke and grabs these artifacts from special places. And it's not until January is about 11 that she realizes what he's doing is traveling through these magical doors. Oh. And he's picking up these artifacts. And that's all that I'm going to say. I'm going to read you some quotes because this book is beautifully written, like I said, and I'd like to read you so some things. So what genre would you say it falls into? I told you already. Magical realism. <sighs> okay. But is it like a suspense, a thriller, like... Mm. Uh, no, mystery. it's like an action adventure. It's like a, it's like Chronicles of Narnia. You're following okay. a little girl. Oh, okay. How old is she? Um, she's about 11. And it took place in about 1911. <laughs> so she was born in about the year 1900. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, you don't know much about her mom, but this book that she reads, The 10,000 Doors of January, is links to her, her parents. Her dad's the one who gives it to her. And it links to her parents in some mystical way that she doesn't quite understand. Mm. Um, but she goes on this adventure quest to track down people in her family tree. Okay, so here's some quotes. How fitting that the most terrifying time in my life should require me to do what I do best, escape into a book. Isn't that cool? It's very succinct. Dun, dun, dun. Other questions. Is this a standalone book or is this a No, series? it's a standalone. Okay. So you she, get resolution at the end. Oh, totally. Okay. Uh, she, this author, tends to write those. Because the ones in Future Wishes, I mean, you could conceivably do more with that. I don't know if she is, though. She seems the type to uh, like to just write the one thing and be done. Fair enough. I think she has a lot of characters rattling around in her head and stories and places. So I, I, I think she's, you know, I mean, I could be totally wrong and off base. But the other quote that I really liked was, The will to be polite, to maintain civility and normalcy is fearfully strong. I wonder sometimes how much evil is permitted to run unchecked simply because it would be rude to interrupt it. Mm. I like this book, too, because I do think obviously January is a precocious character, right? She does things that sometimes I think she doesn't do, fall into the trap of um, doing things out of character for her. But she does fall into the trap of at times being a lot more adult and wise about things than a, an actual 11 or 12 year old would be. Because yeah. uh, trust me, I know a lot of them and not all of them are this. But if there are like other worlds, does this get into like secondary lives territory? No. She like okay. Um, Once you're dead, you're dead. That quote also reminds me of when my roommate stole money from me, <laughs> and I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was very scared. Yeah, I think that there's actually a lot that this book is trying to say about power dynamics. Obviously, it's set, you know, in the turn of the century when women are trying to get the right to vote and all of that. And she's actually a woman of color. Oh, okay. Um, so she uh, looks Indian in the world. Okay. And her best friend looks and black. And we're, we're talking about from India. Correct. We're not using Correct. the incorrect uh, yes. description of people who are indigenous to the United States. Uh, correct. Right. Okay. I, w I would have named it... Uh, tribe yeah in that case <laughs> absolutely i was um, just you know i i liked sure. that i've not read a lot of these types of books like fantasy books with bipoc characters is uh at the forefront. The, is the author no she white okay how do you feel about that i think she obviously had lots of different types of people read this book to oh, check it okay i also follow this woman on instagram and she seems she's an ex-academic historian oh she was okay. a professor so I think she tries her hardest. Okay. Her other books have characters of color. Uh-huh. But I think 
her main characters in the next book are white. And I didn't read a lot of, you know, articles about this book. I'm going based off how it made me feel. Uh-huh. And obviously I'm not a character, or you know, a woman of color. Right. But I, d- I do like that she did that in the sense that there's also now books with characters of color written by people of color. Does that make right, sense? Right, absolutely. So I think she helped kind of um, do yeah. important things there in okay. publishing. Cool. Not that we need white women to just lay down the, the road right, for everybody, right, right. but... Um, so I also love the name January. I think that's very badass. January Jones, Madman Actor, <laughs> was an early 20s crush of mine. Oh. Among many others. This book also does something that I really like, where you have books within books. Mm, so like... I like that. What is that? I also love epistolary novels. Hobgoblins, if you have any books that are epistolary novels, that means everything's written in letter form. So I like love books like that. tape letters. <laughs> That's what you thought of first? Yeah. I think of a... What is that? My mom is a huge C.S. Lewis fan, so of course I gotta be throwing those references out. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I just ran it to my microphone. She just totally clonked her head. It's fine. This is what happens when you're too close to the mic. Hot mic. Uh, no, it's called the Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Pie Society. It's one of my favorite books of all time. And it's epistolary. Just, yeah, I love those. And Attachments by Rainbow Roll is another great book that's epistolary. It's it's, it's only emails, though. Wait, they so... They both work at the same company oh, and they write back and forth. Oh, love like, those. like that movie, You've Got Mail? Yes. <laughs> Actually, it's a lot like that movie, You've Got Mail. <laughs> Wait, so is this book all written in letters? No, 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 okay. no, no. It's like... No, but it's a book this within letter a book. From- this letter from January is written in blue <laughs> no. crayon. No. <laughs> There's a dragon drawn at the end. No. No, it's not like that at all. No, it's very normal in its narrative structure, but I just liked that. I like when characters try to run and go on adventures and their guide is other pieces of literature or something like that. Oh, is that what is that what is happening in this book? It is her impetus, the book that she reads within this book is the impetus for her to go on her adventure. Okay. And it leads her down a lot of crazy rabbit trails. It's okay. awesome. And cool. she has a sidekick that's a dog. I feel like you would really love that. His name is Sinbad. So she just Aww. calls him bad because he kind of roughs people up. He reminds me of Diego. Aww. He's a bad dog. He a bad dog. Aww, but he trying to protect. He's trying to be good there's a lot of There's a lot of bad people in this book that want to fuck her shit up. So mm. he being a good boy. Good dog he a good boy very good boy anyway i really liked this book hop goblins um i liked J- january as a protagonist if she does seem a bit too precocious for 11 or 12 but i loved her character and i love her sidekicks and i like what the book says about your imagination Aww. and literature and finding who you belong to who would you say that like what age group would you say that this book this is, is upper teens and adult okay um i think it was published by harper Hold on. No, I'm totally lying. It's not. It's public by, I think, Hatchet. I thought it had the Harper Teen thing on the side. That's what I thought. So how many overall stars would you give it? Five out of five. Ooh, that is a way better percentage than four out of 100. (laughs) Uh, How many heart thumps would you give it? Ooh, uh, there were, I mean, okay, listen, Hobgoblins, I don't read a lot of like scary books. But there were a couple moments where I was like, ooh, if she doesn't get out of this, I might be sad. Oh, okay. So it's not scary, like thrilling. It's not a thriller. Oh, I was saying more like um, heartwarming. Oh, right. Heart thumping you. That's what you mean. Yeah. Oh, like 
Four out of five. And finally. Ass claps? None. Okay, good. I was hoping. <laughs> that is the correct Absolutely answer. Absolutely none. <laughs> no. Very cool. And actually, now that I say that she's 11 for most of the book, I could be lying to you. I'm going to be honest, you guys. She's like an early teen, maybe late teen by the time really a lot of the action takes place. This book is written from the perspective of the wife of the time traveler's wife. Oh, God. <laughs> just kidding. Let's not. And it's just her being like, there is this creepy man following me around. Someone <laughs> save me. I heard oh, that man. guy canceled. Did yeah. we already talk about that? No, but I'm not sad about it. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah. I stopped watching it. Yeah. After I drug Leah through it, made her watch it. And then the like next episode, I said, if this happens, I'm out. And then it happened. You had your boundaries. <sighs> you had your lines. And they were crossed. So what are you going to do? And I'm pretty sure that's why HBO was like, I don't think people are going to be into that, guys. Oh, I don't really like that. Yeah. So any concluding thoughts about the 10,000 doors of January? I really liked her dad. Oh, that's I love cute. books with father-daughter relationships. I don't think they happen very often. No, they don't. And I've heard there's a new book that Emma Straub wrote that is purely about a father-daughter relationship and a love letter to New York. And those two things are a catnip to me. Oh, are we going to be talking about that on a future episode of the pod? If I can get it. Currently, I'm on a book buying ban, meaning I cannot <laughs> buy new books. So... <laughs> Hobgoblins, if the library has it, obvs. You need but to get it's Leah crazy to, popular. You need to get Leah to put in a request for you because <laughs> that's how we got uh, book lovers. No, book lovers I went out and bought. Oh, that's right. That's how she got book lovers Correct. into the So if I just ask library. her, hey, Leah, do you want to read this with me? And you buy it and then I can read it and we can talk about it. Then that would work. She's, you know, a patron of the podcast. <laughs> She's your daddy Warbucks. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So with that uh, father-daughter relationship, do they have any direct interaction or is that? Yes. Okay, they do. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He travels a lot, but he comes back and January really looks up to him and loves him a lot. He's her December. <laughs> do you get any resolution about the mother? I cannot tell a lie. Okay. I plead the fifth. Okay, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> That's George Washington, actually. Like I said. No, um, I can't tell you that. Sure. No, I guess. Maybe. Is she behind one of the doors? I'll never tell. Uh, well, she might, but I guess we'll find out. Um. So anything... Oh, you're looking at the book. Anything else for the good of the order? I think that this book says something really interesting. Do you want to know what I think it's saying? What? That obviously your imagination is important, but it's not as important as facts. Oh. And you should follow facts... See where they get you. But you should also have heart while you're doing it. Because your imagination and your heart are going to show you things that you didn't know were there. Interesting. It's a it's a fine balance. Yeah. I like books like that. I think it, it was talking about a lot of really important things. I would love to have read this with somebody else. Because I think the oh. conversations generated from it are going to be interesting. Well, if you have read it or would like to read it. Please come talk to me about it. Because yeah. I really did. Send I really think email. it might be one of my favorite books of the year. Oh, really? Yeah. How does it rank against book lovers? Uh, they're totally different, but high. Okay. Yeah, you do like those imaginative narratives. I love, yeah, I love the father-daughter thing. I love um, 
books within books. I love anything that talks about the importance of reading and your imagination, Mm -hmm. because I think cultivating that in the next generation is half the reason I'm a teacher. I can totally see that. And it's interesting. And this theme is also apparent even in the short podcast we've been doing. Yeah. This is, you know, not the first time you've you brought up books that have characters or are centered around what it's like to be a child and see things mm-hmm. from a child's perspective. Mm-hmm. Also one of Paige's biggest things, which is very sweet about her, is family. <laughs> yes, I uh, love it. I love it in novels. I love it in my life. My my family is hella problematic. But who's among us? <laughs> but I wouldn't I wouldn't trade them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I wouldn't change a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. And I'm even sure. at this current juncture, and that's saying a whole lot. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. The the stories you, you gravitate toward yeah. and something that was interesting. I also like I like found families too, where mm-hmm. they make their own. Mm-hmm. If if truly if there is, you know, drastic amounts of abuse or something. And she does do that. She does kind of make her own family in this book. Yeah. But her impetus for change is her dad. Which is really sweet. Yeah, that is um, very sweet. And I like that those stories, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Also, anybody who underestimates young women and gets told off is kind of my kink in a book. You I know love who that. runs the world? Girls. They do. Plus, I'm around a lot of them all day, and they really are. Girls are really awesome. They are. <laughs> like, and a lot young of girls time. who use their imagination are going to change the world. And a lot of times, uh, girls get shit on for for that. And so I did, yeah, yeah. Like I for sure did. I mean, even as an adult, I think thankfully I'm with a lot of. Pe- I tend to gravitate towards people who like to read and who like stories and tell stories well and enjoy them and understand the meaning of them. But when I was in school, that was like it was so important in my house, but it was not important to the world. And it was kind of flabbergasting to me when people are like, "I don't like to read." Like, what do and, you do with your time? Well, not just like reading, but also, again, like this idea of seeing things from that perspective of yeah. a child and putting yourself having, in other people's shoes, that sense of wonder or imagination or whatever. And I know you've talked about this on the podcast before, and we've had many, many conversations about it, like in our personal life, that that's one mm-hmm. of the things you love about being a teacher mm-hmm. is that you get or get to interact with people who have this perspective that sad, you know, sadly yeah, a lot of and that good. Is lost. Yeah. yeah, we grow out of. Yeah. And the unique way with which people who are children see the mm-hmm. world. Um, and so... Especially at the age range I teach. That's why yeah. I like the middle grades so much, I think. And so it's an it's interesting to me doing this podcast to, to see how the stuff that you're reading emulates a lot of the stuff that that you gravitate toward in your personal life and mm. that we talk about regularly yeah. why you enjoy working with kids so much, yeah. you know, family and community and how important that is to you. That's just really neat that that's reflected in what you're reading as well. Yeah. I, I'm i also thankful for authors who sit down and have all of those thoughts and are able mm. to pull them across because there's also, it's not, you know, some of that is explicitly stated in the text, but a lot of it isn't. This is mm-hmm. one of those books that I would give like a, an older teen. Like I have a perfect, perfect person in mind to give that book to. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take it to them tomorrow. Okay. 
or not tomorrow, but you know, when I go back to school uh-huh. and I'm going to hand it to them and be like, I really want you to read this and I want you to come talk to me about it because I have a lot of thoughts and I think mm-hmm. you'll have some thoughts too. And then you can give it to your sister and I want to talk to you guys. And I've done that before. And they'll be on the pod. No, I'm no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, I just, I just, I like that these books exist and I like that uh, authors are talking about these things even as adults. And it's one of those things like, I don't know. I have ideas fleetingly that I could write a book, but I could never write a book like that. Does that make sense? That's when you oh, know it, it's going really well for that person. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. I'm or sometimes to I write a book called my dissertation, <laughs> and I also have fleeting thoughts that I look at. Yeah, I just uh, when it works, it r- works really well. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? You know, you can't see all of that, but when you step away from it, you're you know, because I now have what is that two weeks ago that I finished that that I've still thought about it. Like I woke up this morning and was like, oh, I wonder what those characters are doing. Oh, I love that. I wonder if they like did that thing that I think they're doing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And And fan fiction was born. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that's that's one of the things about reading and or like consuming any type of fiction or art is that so like TV shows or movies or Mm -hmm. whatever is – that you become so attached to the characters and mm-hmm. you're, uh, you know, especially with books, you're living their thought process along with them. And so when it's done, it's it, it kind of feels like losing touch with a friend and knowing that there probably won't be any updates. Yeah. I also have this weird uh, thing about reading author's acknowledgments mm. and if they make me cry then I know I liked the book. And this one made me sob. Who is it to? Well, her acknowledgments just list everybody who helped her. Helped her, And I cried because she listed a lot of her family. Aww. And then her husband and her kids and all of that. Aww. And I cried because I was like, that is so sweet. And just the fact that she can write acknowledgments in such a beautiful way that oh I was like, get out of here, ma'am. This was her first book. That's what's crazy. Oh, wow. And it was like a huge, I mean, it was a pretty big bestseller. People were talking about it, but her second book made what much more of a splash. I think a lot more people like that, but everybody loves witches. Does you she? Know? Oh, yeah, obviously. I loved, I loved her second book. I've that's what I picked Harry up Potter. first. <laughs> it, does she have anything else that's out? Yeah. She also has a short novella, but that's also not on my, it's on my book buying ban because I really want it. Right. But it's a novella and it is one of those things that I just need to go to the library's website and put my name on the list and call it good. Got it. But her books are very popular on yeah. the website too. Like on at the library, it's hard to get your hands on any of them. So, which Definitely is a good thing. I mean, an author to watch. Yeah, and she's very inclusive of all the peoples. In her second book, she has gay characters. I think she has a trans character. It's, yeah, it's cool. Um, I wanted to read you guys just the first paragraph because I feel like that says a lot about the tone of the story. Okay, ready? Here we go. When I was seven, I found a door. I suspect I should capitalize that word so you understand I'm not talking about your garden or common variety door that leads reliably to a white tiled kitchen or a bedroom closet. Isn't that so good? It is quite good. Anyway, I really like this book, everybody. Uh, 10,000 Doors of January has a very precocious character as its lead. she gives it 10,000 stars. And I give it 10,000 stars. Yeah, good one. All right. So this has been Off the Page with Paige and Mary Beth. Follow us on all of our social media, Off the Page with MB. Our Gmail, Off the Page with MB at gmail.com. And I think that's about it. Okay. Love you, Hobgoblins. Goodbye.
Diego. <sighs> he could not be in a worse spot. He's just a baby. He wants to be close to you. You were just saying how he was in a horrible spot. Yeah, because he was for me. But now oh. he's away from me, so it doesn't oh. matter. Okay. I see how it... Oh. Okay, ready? Three seconds. Pa- pause. Okay. <laughs>